Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio.
Sounds like my test. <laughs> Sounds like my test in Kajigamba and One Hop Kendo. But hey, speaking of which, that's a great segue into telling people what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be so. talking. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, number one, uh, memorable rank test stories. Now, the two subjects can go hand in hand if you really want them to. Um, but we're going to be talking about that. So if you're a teacher or a student and you have some stories in regards to um, student success stories or, or, or rank exams that you will not ever forget. And remember, it doesn't have to be your student. You might be a member of a dojo or a dojang or a one or something, and you remember a classmate that you thought might have never made it through the class or you know, had a hard had a hardship that they had to work through and stuff like that, and you remember them and they inspired you. We want to hear those kind of stories. So make sure that you uh, make sure that you give us a call. Our, there's our call in number now, right there three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Yeah. Now, of course, we we do favor success stories, but if you have other stories, we will also listen to those as well, even if they're not yes. success maybe a failure and and we want to hear why why was it a failure there's yeah. more, there's a lot of tests like greg was talking about a couple of tests there was one he said he had a total brain fart on i don't know if it was a technique or a, a kata or what and he knew he failed but he mm-hmm. kept going and that's what got him through the test and he passed the test based on the fact that he'd never quit Exactly. Fake it till you make it. That's a that's a mantra here at my school. If you don't remember, you just keep going and convince me. I tell them, convince me that's how the form goes, if you don't remember the form. Uh, but we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. So cool. give us a call a little bit later, or you can comment on our live feed. Um, that reminds me, Bob, I'm going to, I have to go back and uh, share the live feed. Um on my personal page, so people find it. <laughs> that would help. <laughs> Good idea, and I, I yeah. will also do the same thing. Yeah, so in the meantime, though, let's uh, go ahead and get started with the show. Who do you have for birthdays on your end, special mentions and stuff like that? Special mentions and birthdays. Uh, that would be uh, tomorrow. This is mm-hmm. where it's getting I'm I'm feeling like I'm getting old again. My oh. niece that used to be Tam, Tamara Deal is now Tamara Ferrante. She is turning 31 uh, tomorrow, May 1st. And mm-hmm. she was, my sister-in-law was pregnant with her at my wedding. Yeah, wow. now she's 31. <laughs> uh, wow. Facebook friend, uh, yeah, I know. Tell me, uh, Jasmine wow. Stone. She's also on uh, five one, uh, on uh, five four. Grandmaster Cecil Peoples is turning another year older, and on five five we have Robert Redfeather and mm-hmm. Gene Grossman. And uh, who do you have for birthdays on your end? Oh, I want to send a shout out to a couple of people that are starting their birthdays. We have Lou Wire and Jennifer Yabut. They're celebrating today. And May 1st, um, my buddy Tom Dwyer, who is the host of the Big Road Show, look him up on Facebook. It's an adult oriented TV, so make sure you're not listening to kids. <laughs> also, my friend Mario Fostro and uh, 
Kumuhula Gumapak. They are all going to be celebrating tomorrow, May Day. On the 2nd, my, I guess, sister-in-law, my brother-in-law's brother's wife. I guess that's her sister-in-law. <laughs> but Chin. Well, well, somehow, I, I'm not sure how that works. Your brother-in-law's, say that again. <laughs> my brother-in-law's brother's wife. Would wow. that be a sister-in-law? Is, is there anything like a, a is there anything that is considered a second sister-in-law? You know, like a second cousin? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If anyone out there knows, put it in the comments or give us a call or something because I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to say sister-in-law. Vanessa Chin having her birthday on the second. Chase Hicklin and Moni Velez also on the second. Um, and let's see here. On the sixth, Rob Steffen, my cousin, Jun Rosario, uh, Sensei Michael Bowser, a longtime karate practitioner here in the Pacific Northwest, and Ben Ramsey are celebrating their birthdays on the 6th. So for everyone having a birthday this week, this tune is for you. We sing happy birthday to you, and may all your dreams come true. Happy, happy birthday. everybody of Dragon Fest coming Dragon up August Fest. 5th and 6th. Yes. The martial arts that? convention of the year on the West Coast. Uh, we'll oh have uh, Michael Jai White, uh, Joe Montaigne, Cynthia Rothrock, uh, Don the Dragon Wilson. Uh, we'll be there. We'll have our own section. We'll have our own booth going there next to the stage. Uh, it's going to be a great day. And then the next day, there's going to be like a red carpet over at the History Museum with, uh-huh. where you get to meet the the people who showed up and have booths. Uh, you'll get to meet them face-to-face. Yeah. Like a red carpet event. It'll now, be, you it'll cannot enter the day on the 6th without going to Dragon Fest. 
it's like 20 don't quote me on it because I'm not positive it's $25 for Dragon Fest and $5 for the museum you have to prove that you went to Dragon Fest to be able to enter the museum and it's going to be yeah. a great day yes please folks don't please don't try to like build the system that way <laughs> go to Dragon Fest it is um, all proceeds go to the operation of Martial Arts History Museum, and I'm guessing some of the proceeds are going to help for um, a move. I'm hoping that's going to happen sometime this year. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Push fingers. <laughs> so, anyway, okay. Well, don't forget that, folks. Mark your calendars. All right. Well, with that said, I guess let's move on to the health. All right. This is about those energy drinks, you know, Red Bull and whatever else. I don't know what other kind of brands of energy drinks there are. Can you name some, Bob? Energy drinks? Energy drinks? Yeah. I know about like, uh, Red Bull. Red, I don't know of any other. Red Bull, Monster. Monster. Thank uh, oh you. my God. There's so many of them now. I it's know. It's ridiculous I mean, how many there are. It, it is ridiculous. I was in 7 Eleven the other day and uh, I wanted to get a Gatorade. And I saw all these things that looked like big beer cans, but they were energy drinks. But the designs on them made them look like they should be alcohol. <laughs> like what and yeah you I tried a Red Bull once yuck. so <laughs> it was yuck all right so this is about energy drinks now drinking 32 ounces of an energy drink is associated potentially harmful changes in blood pressure and heart function that are beyond those seen with caffeine alone according to a new study so here we go there are more than 500 energy drink, drink products on the market. Did you know that? I mean, there is a crap ton, but I didn't know there was 500. And the increased popularity, isn't that crazy? The increased popularity is matched by a significant rise in energy drink associated emergency department visits. Can you imagine going to the ER because you drank an energy drink? So manufacturers no. and fans of yeah, I, I I don't know how to tell that story without it sounding you know like I did something stupid. But uh, manufacturers and fans of these products claim that they're as safe as caffeine, but there is little evidence to support that claim. Caffeine in doses up to 400 milligrams—that's about five cups of coffee, folks. <laughs> wow. Are generally I know. So, you know, the Food and Drug Administration say that caffeine in doses of up to 400 milligrams um, are, are generally safe. While energy drinks usually carry caffeine in it, little is known about the safety of some of their other ingredients. And um, the study team writes this in the Journal of, of the American Heart Association. Now, to see what these effects these other components have, researchers compare Researchers compared physical changes in a group of 18 healthy men and women after consuming a commercially available energy drink and after drinking a concoction with the same amount of caffeine, but none of the other ingredients. Okay, so we've got two different things here. Now, 
Besides 320 milligrams of caffeine, the amount in about the energy drink contained four ounces of sugar, several B vitamins, and a proprietary quote-unquote energy blend of taurine and other ingredients that are often found in drinks like Monster, Red Bull, and Five Hour Energy. Now, uh, Sachin Shah of David Grant Medical Center on Travis Air Force Base and University of the Pacific in Stockton, California, and other colleagues measured the participants' blood pressure and used an electrocardiogram to measure heart electrical activity for 24 hours after the subjects consumed the drink. The EKG, um, the, an EKG change known as a QTC prolongation, prong, prolongation sorry, um, and sometimes associated with life-threatening irregularities in the heartbeat, were seen after drinking the energy drink, but not after drinking the caffeine beverage, the study team reports. Several drugs have been withdrawn from the market just for causing ECG changes of similar magnitude, the authors note. Blood pressure increased by close to five points after drinking this energy drink, but by just under one point after drinking the caffeine beverage. Blood pressure also remained elevated six hours later after drinking this energy drink thing. These changes are by no means worrisome for healthy individuals, quote-unquote, research, researchers say, but, pa but patients with certain heart conditions might need to exercise caution consuming these energy drinks. Now, there's more information about the depth of the studies, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to post this link right now in the, uh, in the Dynamic Joe Facebook page. <clears throat> so go check it out if you want to get more information about, uh, about that study. So, with that said, I think it's time to go to Weird News. Weird News. What do we got for Weird News? Well, the first Weird News is, did you know that today is Betty White's 95th birthday? Wait, what? I thought it was earlier in the year. Yeah, she's like 95. Yeah. Wait. Just did, did you see her? There was a post earlier in the year. That because everybody was dying at the time, all, mm -hmm. all the stars were dying at like the end of 2016. And mm -hmm. a post came with her picture on it and said, it, it said, uh, I'm, it said, it was a picture of her and it said, I'm still here, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, this article really really pisses me off because there is so much of this stuff that has gone on throughout the years and this is about a so-called psychic who took more than a million dollars from clients she tricked into financing her extravagant lifestyle is headed to prison Oh 42-year-old Gina B. Miller was sentenced to eight years behind bars on Thursday following a guilty plea she entered last month on account of aggra uh, aggravated theft in connection to the, to the scam. Prosecutors said that the Ohio woman would frighten her clients. This is what really pisses me off. She mm -hmm. frightened her clients by telling them that they and their families would be hurt or killed if they didn't pay her to change their luck. She told oh. all of it that, oh, I know, right? 
Oh, this, oh, I, I want to, uh, yeah. Oh, no. She told one woman that her grandson wouldn't survive unless the client paid for Miller's Cadillac and told another that her horses might die. She also told a separate client that her house was in jeopardy of burning down. To avoid bad fortunes, client Peyton Miller and a variety with a variety of exorbitant items, including Rolex watches, diamond rings, cell phone, cars, and more. The scam ran from August 2001 to September 2015 at Gina's psychic studio in, in Mentor, according to Cleveland.com. So it's Mentor, Ohio. Miller was able to identify the weaknesses of her clients and then ask for additional money for, for research, to, to research the issues. Prosecutors said she would proceed to tell them that they were cursed and that she, would, she needed more financial resources to rid them of the curse. Police began oh investigating God. claims after a client reported Miller's operation. An Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation agent then went undercover as a potential client to obtain evidence. Miller and her defense attorney asked for leniency from the judge. They claim that Miller is a primary caregiver for two teenage sons, one of whom has a mental illness. But Judge Vincent Galata hit Miller with a maximum sentence for a second-degree felony at the sentencing. Quite simple. You don't deserve leniency, Galata said. You deserve to be punished. So there. That's crazy. You know. How insane is that? That is like, (laughs) that's like so vile. I I, I have no words to even describe how. Yeah. This is is why psychics have. you're breaking up pretty bad. Eat the mic. Eat the mic. I, can't, I can barely hear you. My CPU is dripping out. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. There we go. 30, 35%. Okay. Better. This is why... This is why psychics have a bad rap. You know, you get all these because people and like her. Yes. Yeah, makes you just want to uh, right in the face. <laughs> and then she wants lenience. She took over a million dollars and wants the judge to go lenient on her. Leniency, my ass. Leniency. No. No leniency. I swear to God. Right in the. Anyhow, (laughs) sorry. Tell us how you really feel, Rusty. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. Well, with all that said, let's go to entertainment. All right. What do we have for entertainment? This this is pretty cool. Mark Zuckerberg, the founder and CEO of Facebook, completely shocked an Ohio family by crashing dinner at their house to talk politics, among other things. Daniel Moore told wow. TMZ he got a call last week from a Facebook staffer 
who asked if a wealthy philanthropist who works in California could come over for a meal. He was told right. Mr. Guest was traveling around the country to meet middle-class families so he could figure out how to invest his money. Morris says it was a jaw-dropping moment when Zuckerberg was the one who appeared at his door Friday night. Wow. We're told they discussed many topics, including by why the more voted for Donald Trump, and Zuck was respectful and agreeable on many things if they were being, if, like, there being a lack of high-paying manufacturing jobs. And in case you're wondering, Zuckerberg told them he had no political aspiration right now. Mark had the food catered for the family from, by a local restaurant, chicken, baked fish, salad, and sweet tea, and even brought them some wine and cannolis for dessert. Zuckerberg announced wow. in January he's challenging himself to visit with people in all 50 states this year to see how they live. Huh. He can check Hawaii, Ohio off his list. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool, as a matter of fact. Right on. Right on for right on. Right on. Very cool. But, oh, but right. he won't but, but he's trying to the thing is, I don't get he's trying to see fifty families or, or if families in each state, but he won't let you upload videos. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you know, okay. I you know, I still don't know what video Facebook decided to flag on me, but but I um actually, you know, I did just post a video today. So maybe it was just a week where they couldn't where I couldn't post videos. But when I was getting ready to get on on the air here, I thought, where's my live button? And I couldn't find the live button, but I had to dig deeper into the menus into the uh, publishing tools to uh, to find where where I can broadcast. Right. So I, I think I'm okay. Oh, so, I I'm okay. so I told you this last night, and I wanted to share with our listeners. This was kind of funny. Okay. I, as an Uber driver, was going to pick somebody up, and mm. the guy's name was Tor, T-O-R-E. <laughs> Tor. I, knowing, knowing that you know how I think sometimes, I was thinking, okay, how can I make this funny? Right. So I right. get to the guy's house, and... I said, how do you pronounce your name, Tor? And he said, yes. I said, oh, man, that means you, you have a brother named Rip and a sister named Shred, right? And he starts laughing. <laughs> he has a sense of humor. <laughs> and now me, I'm figuring that this must happen to him all the time when somebody, because he takes Uber all the time, this must happen to him all the time that people ask him, you know, do you have a brother named Ripper? You know, but <laughs> nobody out of all his years, because he's like in his mid-30s, have never asked him that. Now, huh, one thing my, my, my father, he's never asked him, never said it. They'll ask him where the name's from. Wow. And it is huh. a play on the, on the name Thor, like the character. And see, my father used to do that. When there was a, uh, maybe a not-so-attractive uh, uh, woman... He'd say, "Oh, uh-huh. she's uh, she's Lana Turner's sister's stomach." <laughs> <laughs> and, 
And that's that's what I was thinking of when I came up with this bit last night. And this guy thought I was the funniest thing since sliced bread. But no no listener out there remembers who Lana Turner is. There is no way. I bet there are. I bet there are. Okay, Janie. Janie's listening. Tell me know who who Lana Turner is. (laughs) Oh. Let me let me double check. Uh, let me go back to the page here and see who's um, who was um, commenting. So who else is listening? stay tuned, folks. Yeah, stay tuned, folks, because uh, a little bit after six thirty, we are going to be discussing student success stories in the martial arts, um, or inspirational stories, and also memorable rank exams. If you've got a story regarding rank exams or memorable um, stories of um, of uh, success in the martial arts, like someone, like um, I heard a story about some guy that was homeless and a drug addict, and and now he's like a very successful MMA coach and stuff like that, um, and completely sober and stuff. So you know, we want to hear stories. It doesn't have to be as um, as extreme, as extreme, but we want to hear stories, no matter how small, no matter how small. So uh, give us a call a little bit later, 347-677-0699. We'll uh, go ahead and open the phone line for our break. Um, <clears throat> now, Janie, Janie says, my husband's 37-year-old co-worker died from drinking primarily energy drinks and doing stackers. What's a stacker? What, what is a stacker? So, I don't know. I, 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 was you, I was hoping you would know. What's a stacker? What's a stacker, Janie? What is that? Um, and Wayne says, Bob, you old. <laughs> oh, bite me, Wayne. Yeah, bite call Wayne. in and don't press one again. Go ahead. See if we answer the phone. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. I, I said, call um, in. Go ahead. Call in and, and, and don't press one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Janie wishes she could go to Dragon Fest. So one of these days, girl, come on out. I'll, you know, I'd love come you on down. It's out. August. Yeah. yeah. Come on come down on this down. year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say this, Janie, because I already told you, and I think I mentioned it to Bob. But I want to nominate, and I'm saying this like publicly. I wanted to nominate um, Janie for the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame for the Fullerton event. Next year, and also our oh next. Time. I was going to say it's a little bit short time. No, 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 no. For next year, for next year, and we both agreed. Uh, we all agreed because I also wanted to nominate um, our our martial arts sister Donna. Um, but uh, we uh, we all agreed that yeah, you know the it was a little late because uh, I nominated them a couple months ago, and it was a little late. I mean, you can't plan for that for a trip like that, right? So. <clears throat> Next year, next year, January, I'd love to see uh, the USM. Don't worry, Janie. And, it took her two years to get me, to get me in. Yeah. Yep. Two years. Two years. I'm like, I want to nominate you. Be- okay. Nothing happened. I want to nominate you. Okay. Nothing happened. Okay. This year, he's going. <laughs> I know. She just never submitted my paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it. That's it. I was an idiot. <laughs> All right. 
Well, let's do this, folks. Um, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some martial arts success stories. Write them in the comments below if you're watching the live feed on either my personal profile page or on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. Or give us a call at 347-677-0699. All right. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this. High school is a time for figuring things out. Like finding the square root of X when your ex won't stop texting you. Or how to write an essay on 12th night the night before it's due. It's about making friends. And making memories. It's about deciding where you fit. Where you stand. And what you simply won't stand for. Long after class is dismissed. After you've left the hall. And moved on with life. After you've forgotten all the answers to all the tests, you'll remember the day you figured out the kind of person you were going to be. Stand up for someone being bullied, and they'll never forget you. Stand up to bullying. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in .1 miles. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peek says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash hearttruth. Inside this little Burbank building. This is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. 
You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All right. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio and Talk TV with Rashida and Robert. Our phone number is 347-677-0699. Our topic of discussion tonight is a student success stories and memorable rank exams. Not necessarily in that order. Give us a call or uh, put your comments down below in our live feed and let us know of your, uh, your particular story. And um, if you do call, please press 1 so we know that you're in the call queue, and then uh, we'll go from there. Um, so let's just start with us first. So, Bob, you just came back from a rank testing, and uh-huh. uh, tell, us, tell us a little bit about how it is, because I'm pretty sure, knowing the art that you're in and the people that are testing and the and the uh, soke that is giving the test, that those students are never going to forget. Think for Black Belt. Tell us a little bit about it. They will, they will never forget their yellow belt test as hard as these tests are. <laughs> they won't forget being able to not be able to sit down or stand up, right? <laughs> yeah, or breathe, or drink or liquid, breathe. Yeah. or do anything that, that their body wants to do. <laughs> the whole point of the test is to make them hit the wall, right? And then right. push themselves beyond the wall. They right. this is typically because we work out in the park. That's where we train. Mm-hmm. This typically ha- they hit the wall typically in the first fifteen to thirty minutes of a test, and this test is several hours. Uh, usually up to eight. Sometimes it can take two eight-hour days, depending on what rank they're going for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're literally. I th- I think they did a thousand straight punches in a row, straight in a row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry, I had That's to normal. sneeze. Uh, uh, kicks, punches, you name it. They had to do it uh, mm-hmm. from low horse, from a front stance, from a side stance. Uh, <clears throat> damn, I'm sorry. Damn Bless allergies. Uh, thank you. you, but. Uh, that's how it was, and they survived it, and everybody passed. And then there was breaking now, at the end. Uh, mm, and one of them cool. did have a brain fart on a break, which, and she still broke it. It was funny. She was supposed to go inside, knife hand, outside, knife hand, using the same hand on a double break, okay, two single okay. board. Well, uh-huh. <laughs> she went inside with one, screwed up, and... <laughs> you saw the look on her and did inside with the other other one other hand. Oh, okay. So instead of I don't of going even think she knows that one, she did anything wrong. So instead of going one, two, inside, outside, she went inside, inside, right? Correct. Oh, well, you know, if she broke them, take it till you make it. They, right? you know what? <laughs> Nobody did not break. They all went through. Oh, good. And nobody had had a chance had to do it again. Nobody stopped short. They all went right through. Oh, good. Even the even the kick, I didn't think was going to break it because sometimes when you've never done it before, you'll you'll shorten the kick out, think it's going to break it, and just b- bounce the board back. He broke it with right. a front kick. We saw hammer fist breaks, uh, ridge hand, uh, 
knife hand breaks. Uh, I I did not believe this guy did it. We have a guy who went for his brown, who went for his second Q today, his second Q Brown, sixty three years old. Wow. Two board break. Wow. Went right went right through it. Wow. Then very he went cool. to the bricks. It was cool. it was very cool. And then of course no, Jacob, no. that guy's got such hard hands, he did a single uh break holding the board himself. Oh and yeah. made it look yeah. like made it look like it was paper. Those yeah. Those those ones are fun. Love is uh, yeah. For for one of our brown belt tests, it turned into just like it was supposed to be a test, but it ended up being more like a play, right? So for one uh, for one break, uh, one of the other black belts picked up the board again, you know, but held it by the end and like put his fist through it. <clears throat> and then my my uh, my fellow black belt uh, friend Dennis D'Ambrosio, since they Dennis, he's like, I got one for you, ready. And he balanced the board on a board and held it out in front of me, right? And I'm like, so you want me to break that with nothing holding it, right? And he's like, yeah. I went, okay. Pow! And the piece was flying everywhere. It was great. And I'm like, oh, let's go back to the test. <laughs> now, speaking of tests, because, like, my my test in Kajikemba was eight hours. But... Like with with you guys, with those guys, did they each have to come up and and demonstrate their pinions one by one? Is is that what took so long, or did, were they just doing punches and kicks and breaking? And we stuff were like just that doing doing hours? techniques because they don't concentrate on the the, the katas like so they did at one time because of, ah. so basically technique punch kick. Uh, self defense and stuff like that for eight hours, right? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, okay. Because I was like, what are they going to do for eight hours? <laughs> I don't want to find out. <laughs> they all made it. Uh, they all did great. Frank comes up to Very me at, cool. at our second, our at our second dojo, the bar, where we got our certificates. Our second uh, dojo. <laughs> I I guess you you know, oh yeah, that's our second dojo. Our second dojo, and, the bar. You know the rite of passage uh, the the black belts get anybody fifth or above gives to hit them. Oh yeah, we get them when people when people get their get their purple belt. <laughs> oh okay, we we usually don't. We we do it only for the black belts typically. But oh, cool. I guess I guess I plugged Frank pretty good because he said, "Thanks for hitting me with a hand with a ring on it." <laughs> 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 he felt that one, right? Yeah. He <laughs> felt the rain. Penetrate. Yeah. Well, good job, everyone. This cheer is for everyone that passed their test. Yay. Very cool. Well, we have someone that's, uh, that's on the line, so we'll go ahead and see if they want to talk about uh, student success stories. Well, who stories is it first? Do you, do you know who I, is first? Area code 682. Let's go. Area code 682, you're on Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio. Who's this? Well, this is George. Hey, George. How's it going? Hey, George. Doing fine, doing fine. Uh, The only interesting story I have, uh, way, way back when, back in 83, uh, I took my black belt test, Mm -hmm. and uh, our instructor, Sam Jung Kim, was friends with He Heal Cho. 
Oh, the ah. healed church. And, and he just Very happened cool. to be visiting that day, so he was he was at the school uh, while we were doing our black belt test. Wow, cool. That's like that's like in the Kajakemo one hop can go realm to have people out the Costa so that you know in in presence if you're taking a test. So he and Cho, right? Cho was was a very well known name back in the eighties and the early nineties when I was younger. Oh, yeah. up. I mean, everyone knew who Heel Cho was. You know, <laughs> everyone, you know, <clears throat> and uh, if you uh, and if you didn't today, then apparently you didn't study Taekwondo or, <laughs> so, or you didn't study it very long if you don't know who he is or you're six years old. So, <laughs> right. Well, on. Right, but you don't remember, Rossi, back in the day, you didn't have to study Taekwondo to know who he'll show was. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's that's because everybody read Black Belt magazine, and everybody knew who everybody was, right? Everyone knew who James Loriega was, who who uh, uh, Linda Denley was, you know, who Frank Thuz was, who who everybody John Painter, you know. I mean, all these all these these well known names, you know, people all around our age. No, because we were raised on it. I studied karate and I knew who El Cho was. <laughs> right. And John Painter and Linda Denley and James Loriega and everybody else. Don the Dragon Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock, you know, Karen Shepard, the whole nine yards. We knew that because we, we all read Black Belt Magazine at one time or another. And we all found ways to <clears throat> to keep in touch with the martial arts community. You remember that, George? Those days? Oh, yeah. Days. Those were awesome. Those were awesome days. Well, what about you, George? Did did you do you have any um, other memorable rank tests? Like, did you get run through the ringer like like me and Bob and everybody else did? And the biggest ranking test I ever had to do was that black belt test because first of all, I was nervous as hell having two little shows sitting there. Right. Right? <laughs> I know, right? It's like, oh, my but, God, I got to get uh, for, for our test, you know, this is something that we had to do individually. This my right. test alone took, like, I want to say only two hours, all right? It wasn't like the, the all-day thing that you guys were talking about. It was my, my test alone was two hours long. But I had mm-hmm. to do uh, one and three-step sparring. I had to do uh, free sparring. I had to do... Uh, my black belt form and mm-hmm. two forms of the master's choosing. So it could be any one of the forms from white belt all the way up to junior black belt. And he would he would choose it, and I'd have to do the forms. So that means I'd have to know all the forms. Right. No up pressure, to my form. right? <laughs> okay. No right. pressure. Yeah. And then on top of that, we had to break something of the master's choosing. Oh, crap. So if Chuck was a big and paving block. What, what he, what he, what he told, and in, in a way that he chose as well. So mm-hmm. he had me do a, um, a, it was sort of like, I want to say it was like a four-inch by two-and-a-half-inch cinder block that was like mm-hmm. two feet long. It's like he was using oh, yeah. gardens or whatever. Yeah, and I yeah. had to hold I had, I had to hold it with my left hand on the bottom 
and lop off the top of it with my right hand with a knife strike. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I did it. That's I had cool. a slight fracture of my pinky, but I did it. Yeah. Wow. That's that's pretty cool, actually. My gears are turning. I'm like, what do I want to do for my for my people? <laughs> I know, right? I can hear it now. Yeah, they they're all in the hospital because they broke their knuckles or something. No, the for us, breaking is more of is part of the end of the test where I ask the black belt candidates, is there something you is, is there anything else you'd like to show us? And if they want to put some breaking stunts or whatever, then that's up to them. <clears throat> But, you know, I, I normally don't make a thing about breaking unless someone wants private lessons in it. Then, of course, then, then I'll go and stuff like that. But other than that, I don't make it a big thing because, you know, even though part of me is a firm believer in the board's hit back philosophy, it is kind of fun. Admit. <laughs> it's a waste of money, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> All right. Now, Janie, who um, is a lawyer listener, um, she says, my last rank test, it was a small test, and we didn't have much support. The two other belts that were holding for me were scared. When I went to break, they collapsed their arms. They did that on two of my breaks, and I was allowed to re-break after they got their asses chewed. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Oh, man, it's it's amazing that's all that happened to them. Yeah, because if you don't have much sport or, you know, have other jangs or other instructors or other upper ranks, you know, attending a test, you won't have experienced people holding boards or bricks for you. You'll have, like, you know, inexperienced lower belts holding boards, and they don't know how, and they're scared, and, and, you know, I mean, people can get hurt. And I'm sorry you had to go through that, Jamie. That, that bites. Absolutely bites. Oh, and a stack fog is a dietary supplement. It's a pre-workout supplement that you take. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they were taking energy drinks with stacking vitamins? Yeah. Oh, my Don't God. Think, well, yeah, for weight loss. So, you know, you can only imagine. I don't know what weight loss supplements are like nowadays, but like way back in the day, had like uppers in them right yeah yeah so you know you're dealing with uppers and then, you know if, if this is the case if, if weight loss supplements have uppers in them now something with ephedrine at the end of it <laughs> some long word with adrenaline at the end of it and you're taking an energy drink gosh that's a heart attack waiting to happen yeah absolutely yeah that's a heart attack but uh yeah <clears throat> And wow, just funky. My test was around eight or nine hours. And there was no food, no water. And this was for uh, when I was going up for my uh, apprentice black belt in uh, the Faircloth method of one hop kendo. We were a little different. You had an apprentice black belt um, that you got before first degree. So we had to wear just a plain black sash. And when you got your first degree, you got what we call the hard sash, which is it's um, what they call the uh, it's called the cord belt. And I'm pretty sure a lot of kung fu people out there have seen the cord belt. Um, 
but I was determined to get the get the uh, apprentice black sash. So we, we flew down to Culverty to take this test with like 13 other people from all over the world. We had people from Germany. We had people from Portland. We had people from wherever else, right? And, uh, and then, of course, our group from Seattle. And uh, <laughs> I'll never forget this because I went the whole test with the worst Charlie horse in both sides. And this is how that happened. <laughs> so I'm working with one of my kings, and we're playing a game called Six Count, and he just blasts me with a knee to the side. Boom! And my leg collapses, and I try to get up and put weight on it. And I'm like, okay, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, okay. You know, adrenaline, adrenaline dump right there, boom. And then it's the other side, boom. So I've got two bruised and Charlie's thighs. I can barely stand on them. Next. I'm warming up with my Sifu, and um, he accidentally plows me right in the temple with a knee. Boom. <laughs> and I collapse in a heap. I just knock my ass out. <laughs> and then, and then still coming up after I wake up, another one of my Sihings plows me in the other temple with an elbow. Knock my ass out. So I passed out twice. I have two Charlie horses. They open the hotel ballroom doors to start the test. The first thing that the testing board asks us to do is to sit in a horse stand. I'm like, really? <laughs> I can't put weight on my legs and they want to put me in a horse stand. Oh my God. <laughs> I was not, I was not, I Made, they made these Break, breaking up again. Oh, okay. Um, ask a trick question. Something is going through like a demon. Um, I'm going to close close out the window here. Let me close out a window. Oh, I can't close out Blog oh, Talk Radio. Yeah, no kidding. What? So, <laughs> nah, I said, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's the one yeah. you leave, you actually leave open. Uh, so, real quick, while you're doing that, Jacob Bressler, this was funny. He's been sick for about a week. We're going to the second dojo. He says he can't drink because he's had he's got all these antibiotics. And I looked at Jacob and said, wait a minute. It only says it may alcohol may intensify the effects of the medication. It may. It may not. Who knows? <laughs> Go ahead and drink. <laughs> they thought it was funny. That's funny. Not funny. Not funny, but funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah, that started my test. And then it was eight hours in hell. No food. No water. And I know that feeling where, you know, you're uber thirsty. And, it's, and then they, they turned the heat up in that room to like 100 degrees. It was all Everything they could oh. make us quit. Oh, wow. Everything. Everything. Like, I do a warmer, and uh, like, are you sure that's how it goes? Let's see it again. Hey, sure that's how it goes. Yes, sir. That's how it goes. Well, do it again. Look right at me. I did the exact, exact same thing. just doing it. Same form over and over and over again. 
can understand like every other word, maybe. Usually it's like every third or fifth word I can get. Weird. Well, yeah, you're cutting in and out, Rusty. <laughs> maybe that's not, really bad. Nothing I can do. It's, it's nothing I can do. Just, it's for my I think it's or, after effects from all your friends beating you up. Right. <laughs> It's either my internet or video or audio. It's always book talk video. But uh, if my listeners and watchers out there on the live feed let me know how my audio is, um, just let me know. Because sometimes uh, what I've what I've noticed is that people with me on the board can't hear me, but everyone on the live feed can. So as long as the people on the live feed can hear me, good. All right. Give us a call, work. folks. Three four seven. Uh, what's our phone number? Three four seven six seven seven zero six nine nine. Give us a call. Let us know your uh, memorable uh, exams, martial arts um, experiences that you never forget. Stories or even stories. stories. And, uh, what and stuff like that. But, uh, eight hours of wanting to make us quit. And um, then I tell you what, after we got done with that test, this I'll never forget. After we got done with the test, we were sure we were super proud because we proved that we could do things we did. But uh, uh, after it was all done, and we got promoted, everybody that was in, even on social office, they invited us to come up. It's a fucking reach as high as your stuff. They reach in the coin. <laughs> so they're punching as hard as they can. You're like, what? There's a hundred people in here. You're going to have them all punch this this week? But it was all getting done. Went to go get a steak. Uh, me and Cheryl got the biggest friggin' steaks in the hotel restaurant that we And it came to our table. And just as it came to our table, our party said, we're out of here. Let's go. And we're looking at our food and going, we want this potato. Wasted. <laughs> that will never forget. And then we ended up going to some restaurant with, like, crappy-ass food. <laughs> Right. <laughs> let's uh let's check the feed here to see if there's anyone else calling in with some success stories. And Janie says, I hear you fine on Facebook. All right. <clears throat> well, success stories. Let's go to success stories. Bob, you've been you've but been doing martial arts so have long. Oh yes. Let me tell you guys about oh my that. God. Joe, it's bad enough when you have Sifu uh, uh, Al there, but when you have C. Joe there, oh, my God, that must have been nerve-wracking. It's nerve-wracking because, like, pretty much, like, all, almost all of the founders of Kajikenbo were there. It was crazy. And all of the upper upper ranks, like Pony Ramos and and stuff like that, it was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, in fact, I don't remember if Eric Lee was there. I don't remember. 
but but yeah, he got wheeled in by another person. And I remember this, um, my business partner at the time, Cheryl, um, he got wheeled in and he was coming through the floor, through all these people that uh, there was a part in the test where where you had to have the other 13 or 12 people try to pin you on the ground for three seconds. And the premise was if they pinned you on the ground for three seconds, you fail, right? <laughs> so it's like what kind of like a double test it was a test for the for the other people they had to I, they had to make a choice do i want to make somebody fail or do i want oh, to fail right. so, so uh, they, let's check they had to, to see if there's anyone else oh wait a minute hold on i'm hearing like awful i'm hearing an awful echo here um let's see okay so anyway, I was first. So they tried to pick me up and put me on the ground, and I was swinging, and I was just like blah 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 and blah blah blah, right? Well, after after I got done with that, it was Cheryl's turn, and Cheryl was was an expert at keeping distance. So she kept all these people at a distance and would just pick off people with a good kick to the head or a punch or a uh, or an oblique kick stop on their leg or whatever. And uh, here comes CJ. And I kid you not, she bumped the guy out of the way that was that was uh, pushing CJ and grabbed the handles behind his wheelchair and 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 like hid behind it and like faced faced them all, you know. And it was like the coolest thing because CJ put his hands up. <laughs> oh my God! Really? Yeah, and people were laughing. Everybody was laughing, and, and everyone stopped for a second, and she's like, okay, I'm done. And he got wheeled across the room and stuff stuff like that, and he was able to sit down, and Cheryl just wiped the floor with everybody. <laughs> and he was watching our group because we were considered the, we were considered the outsiders, so to speak, right? Because we were adopted uh-huh. into the style. We were adopted into the style. We didn't start off in one Hopkins dough. So we didn't have a lot of the technical requirements for one Hopkins dough. But Sifu Al was a firm believer in that if you embody the concept of one Hopkins dough, then you are one Hopkins dough. And we had to prove that we embodied that concept. And Sifu uh, Al and Sifu Emperado and all the, other, uh, all the other upper ranks were watching us like hawks. And uh, eventually determined they're Kajukambo through and through. You threw everything at them, and they never quit, and they never questioned themselves, and they pretty much made us all look pretty stupid with their confidence. So promote them. And um, it was a, it was a great test. You know, I didn't get my apprentice flat. They skipped me to first degree. And I thought, wow. yes. Yeah. I thought, yes. That was the first time ever in our lineage um, under Faircloth and stuff that ever happened. So I thought that was, I thought that was really cool. I'm really proud of that. Um, but at the same token, after going through that, imagine what goes through my head when I hear people whining after five minutes in a horse dance. I'm like, oh, you don't know. You don't know pain yet. <laughs> 
You don't know pain yet. <laughs> Stop whining. All right. So who's outside? Let me see here. It is. It is Bob who is outside. Just had to double check. It sounded like a plane was going overhead. <laughs> All right. So how about success stories? We want to hear your success stories, folks. Give us a call, 347-677-0699. Let's start with Bob. You've been around a long time. I'm sure you've seen a lot of great success stories. Do you have one you want to tell us about? Oh, man. Uh, God, there are so many. Uh, I mean, I've seen fifth-degree tests. I've seen first-degree tests, under-ranking tests. Everyone, I can't pinpoint one like today. They all passed because they never quit. Even Soki, Greg said that there is improvement needed. Last yesterday when we were teaching, there was absolutely improvement to the point where I'm I'm thinking, how are any of these guys ever going to pass tomorrow's test? They don't know Mm -hmm. Jack. But I Mm -hmm. guess they, they pulled it together today. Enough to satisfy the board. Oh, good. But there's good. still improvement to be needed. Well, yeah. I mean, these are the yellow belts we're talking about, right? Well, no, we were talking about the ranks, too. We were talking about the two black belts, brown belt, uh, green belt as well. Hmm, okay. The, the, the white to yellow and the yellow to, to green, absolutely. That is that you know, that's that's a note back. They're gonna need improvement. Period. Everybody uh-huh. does. Right. Everybody does. You know. And even at black belt. Even at black belt. Definitely. Right. Yeah. So everybody passed. Everybody was. It was a total success story today. Uh, very seldom do they not pass. It's not as old school today as it used to be. Meaning that uh-huh. if you're if your thumb was flared, let's say in a ridge hand instead of tucked, mm-hmm. in the old days, the old man would make you finish the test, even if this flare happened in the first two minutes, make you uh-huh. finish the test knowing that you'd failed. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty old school, and that's pretty. Yeah, that's really old school. That's that's really old school, and by today's standards, that's kind of petty, <laughs> because. Right. No one's going to give a shit. Pardon my French. No one's going to give a crap if your thumb is flared a little bit when you hit someone with a ridge hand, as long as you hit with the correct part of, of that of that thing, right? It's kind of like saying, oh, you better tuck your, you better tuck your, uh, better tuck your thumb for a tiger mouth strike. You're not supposed to tuck your thumb for a tiger mouth strike. That's part of the strike. So it's kind of like, you know, I would still, you know, if I was around someone that did not promote someone who did phenomenal on their test outside of maybe their face is clearing out a little bit on one punch on one kata I'd start to lose I would start to lose respect because that's petty at that, that point but that is how it was that's that's how it was and that's how it was that, that, well, yeah. I mean, we're talking we're talking 30 40 years yeah. Ago when he used no, to do I've, that. He I've has, been there. I've been there. You know, he's 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 been dead for about eight years, and he hadn't done it. He hadn't run a test in probably ten years before that. Mhm. Oh, I've you know I've I've been there. We've all been there, right, George? 
Oh, yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Well, I remember one time I was... Oh, go ahead. I was in Germany, and they were doing a a show there, or a competition there, and there were these two uh, black belts who were obviously from the same school, and Uh they were talking to each other, uh, going over one of their forms or something like that, and in the form has a a low forearm block and then a high forearm block. And they're mm-hmm. asking each other exactly what these blocks are actually blocking. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at I'm looking I'm looking at them like you guys are black belts, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you, and you guys can't figure out what these are blocking? It says, Yeah, right. it doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. And so right, do an upper upper hand block and I came down with with my fist. See, that's what you're blocking. Do the low hand block. I came with a front kick. That's what you're blocking. And they're like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm like, and you guys are black belts. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) You were talking earlier about the the person on the wheelchair. This brings me back to a funny story. after I got my black belt, uh, I taught a sort of a uh, self-defense with a defenseless type of class, uh-huh. you know, for women, for, for kids, for people in wheelchairs and so forth. And uh, we had one student who was in a wheelchair, and I told him, listen, rule number one, before you do any type of techniques, you lock your wheels, okay, because <laughs> you want to make sure that you're not rolling anywhere where you're trying to do something, okay? Right. And he goes, yeah, I understand that. I understand that, right? So I put him in the middle of the floor, and I had this guy go, what I want you to do is take a few steps away from the wheelchair and then come towards him like you're going to attack him and have him do his technique on you. And he goes, okay, fine, no problem, right? So he, right. He's, he, the wheelchair is in the middle of the floor, and he takes a few steps away from him. He goes, are you ready for me? He goes, yeah, I'm ready for it. So he starts running towards the guy in the wheelchair. He trips. He falls on the guy with the wheelchair who did not lock his wheels, they go flying oh, across the room into the rolled mats. You know, they're both fine, you know, but they just roll right into the rolled mats, you know, and I was looking like, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to the kids and like, what was rule number one? Uh, I lost my wheels. Did you lock your wheels? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> Lock your damn wheels. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that's awesome. Now the the <laughs> one thing I I uh, I never got used. To, I I mean I'm getting better with it, but because uh, I don't work out with these guys too often, is they are old old school enough to everything is done opposite. Inside is outside mm-hmm. in most styles. Outside is inside in most styles. Yeah. So when they yes. do an an inside, it's from where it's coming from, not where it's going to. Right. Right. Oh, you so, know, and okay, it's so, a little different. So, okay. So if you were to say an inside block, it would start on the inside or it would start on the uh-huh. outside. Okay. So it start that, on so the inside and go outward. Okay. So technically, that an inside block, so inside block would look like this, like an outside. Well, you guys can see me, but I'm, uh, the viewers can inside block. We go inside and then outside. So that means an outside and then go block to the outside. would start from the outside 
to be inside. So this would be outside block. Well, you know, so you're in a way, blocking it makes sense. toward the inside. It's from the where the block comes from. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It. And so, I, in, so what typically would be an outside block is now an inside block. An inside block, which makes sense if you're going to the inside of an arm, right? So Correct. if somebody punched me with a right hand, and I used my left hand to go from outside to inside block on the outside of the arm even though it's an inward block that, that most people know, then I can see why that is. But if you're doing an inside block to like let, uh, with the left hand to, like, let's say, their left punch, you know, then, you know, then what? <laughs> so that's kind of weird. Um, that, that is weird. I mean, but I get it. I get it. Nothing wrong with it. It's just yeah. That, you know, it's yeah. it's. It, I mean, it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same technique, just called opposite. Yeah. I mean, if we know it's an outside block, they call it an inside block. No difference. Mm-hmm. Well, that's same cool. thing. That's, that's I just haven't been able cool. to get used to it because I don't. You know, I know it's an outside block. They call it an inside block. So when somebody's doing it, I go, okay, they're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> so if they ask you to do a front kick, do you throw a punch? <laughs> <laughs> do you know that this front? is the only one that's this okay, is the only front. one that they do it on is inside and outside, but they do it with all of them uh oh. knife hands uh so an out- bear a claw hand. wait is there is an inside how do you oh uh, so an outside knife hand would be palm down going wait 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 wait, so if it was outside knife hand, the knife hand would come from the outside to the inside. Right? Correct. Palm down. So, it, okay. Inside palm down or would come palm up? Palm up. No, uh, an outside. Oh, 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 wait. oh, 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 I see, I see. Okay. I an see. inside. I see. Right. An inside would be palm up. Going out. Into out, right? Yeah. That would be an inside. And then the outside in, in that would start from the outside going and I'm so confused. <laughs> well, well, palm up and palm down, does that, that makes a difference whether it's up or a lower, right? Yeah, I would that imagine. makes a difference if it's upper, lower, middle. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, because because if, you're do, if you're doing, if you're doing a, an outside block, you know, uh, with knife hand, if it's an upper, upper quadrant, that would be palm up, if the lower quadrant would be palm down, right? Well, if it's on the upper quad, you've got the palm up, your palm facing you, then would it really be a knife hand block anymore? You see what I'm saying? Because if I'm using my right hand, let's just say I'm using my right hand, and I'm doing that inside block as they call it, that actually goes to the outside. If my palm is up or facing me, which is the same thing, then my knife hand part of my hand is facing to my left. But if I turn palm down in the upper quadrant, I would see that as a knife hand block. So I, I don't know. But see, that would confuse me. I, you know, even now I'd be like a little bit going, I don't know how that works. Well, (laughs) now now we're having problems with it. But see, these guys start out as white belt and they've known nothing else. That's 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 the problem. Is we 
we don't come with an empty cup. It was good that they didn't know anything prior. Yeah. And as long as they understand the, the language for their art, then right. they're good. They're good to go. Because I don't think anyone's going to give a crap whether or not it's like palm up, palm down, knife hand, or inside or outside when someone, when they're defending themselves and kicking someone else's ass. <laughs> the, 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 the bad guy isn't going to go, oh, wait, you have to hit me with the other side, you know, with that outside block or whatever, right? Well, and it was funny yesterday. Uh, he wasn't, uh, one of the black belts wasn't covering his groin enough. So one of the senseis was there front kicking, and it wasn't, he wasn't covering enough, but he, wasn't all, he was also not connecting. And Greg uh-huh. looks over. And says next time he doesn't block, kick him right in the ball. <laughs> and he says, it's amazing. Oh. A guy gets kicked. A guy gets kicked in the ball just once. His hand's gonna be there to cover. Yep, that's right. Especially if you go commando. Especially if you go commando, which disgusts me, by the way, when I'm feeling things jangle around. If I kick her, I know. When you kick so, when you go to kick somebody's in the groin and you can feel it going wink wink wink. No, <laughs> it's like a windshield no, wiper. With my, with my hand, with my hand. I remember back no. in the day. No. Yeah, when I was doing karate, when one of the bunkai to one of our pinions, pinion five, <clears throat> kind of looks like this, right? Back then, it was a it was a left palm block going inward toward the right shoulder, and you did a heel strike to the groin, and then you would pull as you sit back and you do a, um, a left hammer fist, right? So you would, the idea back then, the bunkai back was palm strike, grab, rip them out, right? Well, so we're practicing these or whatever, and I'm assuming that my partner had a groin guard. He did not. And, you know, this was contact was being made, right? So everybody wore, you know, groin guards, you know. The, the, the women wore the weird diaper-looking ones that went over your D and stuff. So we wore those so guys could hit us, too. Well, anyway, I come after this guy. I'm assuming he's wearing something under his D. Nope. I went in there, and I went, plow, and I went to go close my fingers and dingle, 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 dingle. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my God, that sound effect was classic. <laughs> I was like, dingle, 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 dingle. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, if you don't know, it had been a long time. <laughs> it was. Oh, I knew what it was. I was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then why'd you ask? You're like, what the hell is that? I'm used to like, you know, palming, you know, the the front of a groin guard, and then grabbing it and going snap. <laughs> Right. That's what I'm used to, right? And then they go, oh, that was a good one. No, dude was wearing nothing, dingle, 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 dingle. What? Where is the That was a great one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Y'all, I was freaking going to the green guard. (laughs) He said, thanks, my bald head bitch. I'm like, Yeah, 
I, dem- I demonstrated that for our viewers out there. <laughs> oh, thank you. oh my God, I'm crying here. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So much for the student success stories. The success story was that he was still able to pro- pro- procreate after that. <laughs> oh. well, you know, that reminds me of that time on Two and a Half Men where the one brother goes to give give Charlie Sheen a wedgie, and he looks at him and goes, where's your underwear? And he says, I'm not wearing any, but thanks for scratching my ass. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh Lord! Oh damn! Have you have you ever laughed so hard that your throat started to hurt? Yeah, uh, or you That's know, how I am right now. Having coming coming close to having to pee. <laughs> done that. Done that. Where you felt yeah. like you're gonna wet yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right, folks, so our phone number here, <laughs> our phone number here is 347-677-0699. I am here with uh, my co-host, Robert Deal, and a call-in guest. We got George Pinnell joining us, and uh, we're talking about student success stories and memorable rank tests. If you don't want to call in, which I implore that you do because it's funner. Um, if you don't want to do that, I have, put your comments down below on the live feed, and let's talk about it. Yeah, Bob? I, have, I, I did try uh, to contact Patrick McDaniel to call in uh-huh. uh, because okay. I bet he's got some stories. You know, Coming I, from I, Campo, I bet he does. Well, yeah, considering, you know, who he teaches. You know, he <clears throat> he teaches – a lot of great. Well, he teaches in. Doesn't he still teach in a community? I forget if he teaches in a community or if he's got his own studio. No, I think but, he. I think he has a brick and mortar. Yeah, I think, I think he's he does have a brick and mortar. Studio. Yeah, I, you're right. You're right. Now I remember. Now I remember. But he's taught in so many venues, and I know he's helped so many youth, at-risk youth, and um, you know that's good. Um, one of my uh, seniors in Kaji uh, Campbell, one Hopkins, and Chan Fa, <clears throat> Daisy LaPointe, who uh, also is a pastor. Oh, I, I, I love her. Day. I, I love know her. everyone loves Shifu Daisy, Miss Daisy, right? She, the she joke is, is so don't cool. be driving. She is. And uh, for the longest time, the joke was, don't be driving Miss Daisy crazy. <laughs> she will kick your ass. No, because she will <laughs> beat your ass. She will. She will. Don't, you know, you look and at, you look she, at it and you're thinking, of, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, she's one of these people that targets at-risk youth yeah. and has been very successful at it. And I kind of want to put a shout out out there um, to Sifu Daisy LaPointe and the Garfield Teen Life Center in the Seattle Central District, um, not far from Garfield High School. That's why it's called the Garfield Teen Life Center. That is a place where... I tell you what, this is this is what it's like. At night, Friday night, Saturday night, in the Central District, where the Garfield Teen Life Center is, it's pretty much the middle of the hood. It's the middle of the hood. And if you go there at night, you know, 
everybody and anyone is on the streets at that point. And anyone and everyone is welcome to come into the Garfield Teen Life Center. So you've got you've got kids, you've got Mexican kids and African American kids and white kids coming in and playing basketball and stuff like that. But if you if you're from out of town or if you're not used to being in a in a neighborhood like that, it could be scary. It could be scary because you know uh, you don't know who's a gangbanger or not, and it could be scary because you might have anywhere between one to two police officers on duty in the Garfield Teen Life Center. So that's telling you something, right? Well, you know, you see, like, I remember one of the first times I I visited there, I was standing outside with a friend and these these tough looking guys came in, tough looking youth, let's say, you know, teenagers and stuff. They look tough, you know, pants are sagging, this and that, and the other. They just look hard. They look hard. <clears throat> well, after a while, I went and changed and uh, got ready to do Sifu Daisy's class. And guess who's in the class? These hard-looking dudes. And they're in their kung fu pants, and they got their yellow sashes on, and their t-shirts on, and they're working their forms, and they're, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, Sifu. And when I got introduced to them, they bowed, and the gentlest voice came to these young men's mouths. At the time, I was a seeing, and they're like, seeing, it's a pleasure to meet you. We've heard so much about you. We're honored to meet you. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what? So <clears throat> that was a lesson to me to not judge, right? Because Kung Fu will fix that. <laughs> and Kung Fu did wonders for these for these kids, wonders. You know, they came in looking all hard and like gang members and stuff like that. But the second you put them in there, they were yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. They did exactly what they were told and they did it quickly. And, you know, we have Sifu Daisy to credit for that. They respected her. And if anyone messed messed with Sifu Daisy, and because there, there were always newbies from out of town that would come in and try to mess with the old lady. Boy, tell you what, that whole community center would rally right behind her. And as if, you know, I mean, Sifu Daisy could like, you know, kick ass on her own. But man, to have that many people <clears throat> behind her like that. And and for me to think, oh my God, these are all gang members. No, they're not. No, they're not. So that taught me a big, big lesson how not to judge people and stuff. So kudos, Sifu Daisy, if you're listening. I love you. I miss you. I promise I'm going to come and visit one of these days. I promise. So, but th- th- those are success stories right there, right there. Um, I want to also put a shout out. I also want to put a shout out to Vince Gist, one of her students. Um, when he first came to her, he was very young, and uh, throughout uh, throughout the time he was growing up, even while doing kung fu and kajikembo with her, he, you know, we all deal with demons as we're growing up, right? <clears throat> we all deal with our crap and and stuff and. You know, he oh, dealt with it. Oh, Rusty, I've got, I've got to interrupt you really quick. We've, sure. It looks like my call has come in. The one I wanted to talk to has come in. Oh, okay. Let's take it. Area code 704, 704. I think this is Professor Patrick McDaniel. Am I right? And that is correct. How are you guys doing over Yay! there? Yay! We are doing, doing well, awesome, Professor. Professor. 
Yay! <laughs> now, now, Professor, I don't know if you know the topic or not. I wanted you to call in because you've got a ton of experience. We, I sat on a testing board that was a little rough today, and we're okay. looking for success stories of past tests, no matter how hard they were, but we want to hear about your testing and your successes while you were testing and what you were looking for, even if, let's say, one of your, one of your students had a complete brain fart and forgot the form completely, what did you do and how did, how did they react to their mistakes? Okay, okay. Uh, no, I, I was not aware of the topic, but uh, I, I, I guess if I understand what you want, uh, I, let, let me let me give you this. <laughs> let me give you this. I I have, uh, and I'm not claiming to be the only one that does this. I just, you know, I'm I'm a cat that was left alone for a long time. You guys remember my story? Mm-hmm. I was left alone for a long time. You know, as a Kaji Kimbo seafood and had to do a lot of reading, some of the other masters that have written books, and to try to develop some sense of uh, having guidance for my students. And mm-hmm. I, de- I developed for myself a profile before I have anyone to set on the testing board. I have mm-hmm. a profile for each student testing for the testing board to read about them, to give them a little history oh. on my experience with that student, right? Right. So my testing board is reading my experience with the students so they can have an idea of who they're looking at and as they're doing the techniques required to do, they they kind of know who they are. Right. So <laughs> on the slick, if they're, if they're young and their parents are involved or if they're married and they have spouses or, or siblings or anybody involved, I go behind their backs before I do this profile, and for an example, I had one student who was like 17, mm-hmm. and I asked his parents, is there anything that you think is interesting for me to know about this particular student that might be useful during his test? And mm-hmm. <laughs> his parents give me a couple of secrets, you know, stuff that he wouldn't tell anybody. Now, ah. this, is to get, this is to get a response. You know, while he's standing there, and, you know, I, I usually put together a, a board from 8 to 15. You know, it depends on who mm-hmm. shows up or who's interested. And I don't know right. which board member is going to pop this question, you know, but the board member, they're, they're reading his profile, and then it comes up. And he's confident. He feels good. His titles were rocking, you know. So now let's, let's shoot him with this stuff that he thinks nobody knows. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, this, and this board member shoots this question at him, and this was a question involving <laughs> a girl that he had snuck into the house. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and his oh, color just no. went away, and oh, his that's... breath was just gone. It's, it's like somebody hit him in the gut, you know? <laughs> but that's that, that's that response we needed. We needed that response. You know, this is a test. Now, how are you going to react to this now? How are you going to come out of this? Holy man. First look on his mind is how in the hell did you know? That look is on his face. How did you know? (laughs) 
my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> that, that's that. kind of good to see. It's good to see, you know, because we're training people to handle situations on the street and not always fighting situations. We want martial mm-hmm. artists to be prepared. Chance favors the prepared mind. I want yes. you to be prepared in case someone is attacking you or your loved ones. I want you to be prepared if you're just faced with a situation where someone needs some advice, mm-hmm. you know, or you need to know how to listen to them, you know, uh-huh. or, or they come to you with questions. You know, we want them to be prepared. And that was something that would catch them. So how in the hell did you know about that? You know, well, how are you going <laughs> to respond to it? You know? <laughs> so, exactly. You know, there's one, one scenario, and he is really one of the best teachers that I have taught right now. He's one of the best teachers. He teaches at, at one of the schools in South Texas. Very yes. cool. So wow. does, does that help? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That's memorable. <laughs> that, now, now, Professor, what do you do? Because they're, they're going to run out of stories. Do you, do you try to get one per test, or do you do it one time and, and that's it, or how do you handle that? Well, that was one. That is what you do for black belt testing. Oh, okay, yeah, you do, okay. You do that for black belt. Yeah, that's the that's the the, the, the big bam. That's for black belt testing. You know, this is yeah. the ultimate test. You know, uh, here's the thing that I have with younger children that are not necessarily testing for black belt, but you know, more advanced rank, maybe intermediate or advanced rank, and we really have to uh-huh. know that they're taking care of their business at home. So right. I make sure that the parents understand how important this is. I was sensitive. How is, how is this child behaving at home? And I need you to tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I build a rapport with my parents to where they'll tell me the truth because I have to make them understand this is important. I can't right. train martial artists to come home and disrespect their parents or to go to school and, and, and be a hellraiser in school. I need to know Amen. the truth. Mm-hmm. And the parents will be, they, they will be truthful with me. And they'll let me know if he's being a hilligan at home, and that's something that comes up on the board. Mm-hmm. It will come up on the board, you know. And you, and this is what I, this is what I like. When I select my board members, if 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 a board member reads on the profile that this child is disrespecting his parents, man, it'll it'll be anywhere from six to eight of them laying into him. And that just lets nice. them know how important it is to know to know how to behave at home. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not going to recommend that you move on until we know you understand that you know how to behave at home. You know? Amen. So that's, that's one of the things I do with the profile. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And, you know, I remember when, when uh, back in the day when if, if a kid took martial arts and if the parent says, you know, what would, now what would happen if Sensei blah, 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 found out about this? It would scare the mess right. out of the kid. Right. It would That's scare right. them. You know, you know, and, and even before that, if, if someone else said, now what would your mama think about this? It would scare the hell out of them. That doesn't right. happen anymore. It doesn't happen right. anymore. You know, the, the, yeah, well, <sighs> And, and that still and that still happens that still happens in my system, and and yeah, let's welcome that, you know, let's welcome, mm-hmm. that. you know, because once they once 
they have a respect or fear, whatever the hell it is, for for mm-hmm. the, their sequels or their sensei's and, and their instructors at, at at the schools. Once they right. have that kind of respect, now I can work with something. Yeah. Now I have to make sure that they understand. Look, I'm secondary. You're afraid of me because I can, you know, I can wipe your ass out. Now that's why you're afraid of me. <laughs> But let yeah. me make sure that you understand that I'm secondary. You're supposed mm-hmm. to treat your parents with this kind of royalty and respect. You know, because yes, I've got their back. Now, when they come to me and say, look, Professor, we have a problem, I'm not on your side anymore. I'm on your parents' side. Mm-hmm. I'm on well, your parents' side. So you, so you have to know yes. that they're first. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. George, go ahead. Well, in our school, we had a really good relationship with the local schools as well as uh, with all the parents. So if we had word that any of our students, because it was understood with all these students, because we had, you know, kids in uh, in classes, that if we heard anything about any of the kids that were uh, fighting in class or, you know, telling you that they were, like, kicked their butt or something like that, Right. We would hear from the school that this was going on. First, we would contact the uh, the students' parents that we heard from the school, uh-huh. and then we would tell the parents, "Don't have your kid come in for a week," uh-huh. and, and the kid and the kid would be kicked out for a week. And, and I we would leave it up to the parents was... to tell exactly yeah. why they'd be kicked out for a week. Yeah, and I remember when that. When something like that would be devastating for a child, you right. know, because they oh, respected yeah. their martial art or respected their sabomim or their sifu or sensei or, or what have you, they'd be so distraught that they did something that that warranted being kicked out of um, kicked out of class. And and the sad thing is, is I'm seeing more and more of of kids wanting to be kicked out of well academic classes. You know, like math. Oh, I'm going right. to do something wrong so I get called out of math class because I don't want to do this crap. And it's like, ah, see, yeah, really? You know, using it as as escape, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And I, you know, I, I don't. It depends on it depends on the case. I don't do a lot of uh, recommending that you keep them away because yeah. I actually want to handle them. You know, yeah. I actually want to. I actually want to bring up scenarios and stories. And some, it just depends on who the, who the children are. You have to be careful. You have to be careful, you know. Yeah. Uh, so depending on, on the child or the situation, I'll tell a story. I'll tell a story, but I'm talking to the whole class. But the one whose toe got stepped on, he knows I'm talking to him, or she knows I'm talking to her. Yeah. But I don't mm-hmm. call him out. It just kind of depends on the situation. I don't call him out right. in front of the class. Now, there are some scenarios where they need to be called out. Boom. They need mm-hmm. to be called out in some situation. But you just have to be careful with it and make sure that uh, you're not wrecking their nerves the wrong way because the truth is the children today are not like we were. Mm-hmm. We were more resilient. We were definitely more resilient. And, the, and yeah. the, the students that I had in the late 70s and the 80s were more resilient. It's a different, it's a different set of children now. You know, mm-hmm. they're, grow, they're growing up with this political correctness and, you can't hurt anybody's feelings, and you you, you got to be careful, you know. And that's why I do build a report with, with the parents and the, the gentleman that just spoke 
uh, the rapport with the school as well because I have I have emails from the teachers directly to me as well. So the gentleman that has a relationship with the school, I understand that. And I, I applaud that. That's a good idea. It's a good plan. It is. Because teachers, they email me. They really do about those, 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 uh, those children. I do demonstrations at the schools where my children attend. So those teachers come to me and say, hey, I want to know if I can keep it. If you're exactly right. Yes, you can. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's good to know. And some information yeah. I get from the teachers, this child, is a, this child cries a lot. This child is timid. It's hard for her or him to uh, stand in front of a class and, and, and do a presentation, you know. And they let me know little things like that. I'm like, that's good to know. That's good to mm-hmm. know, you know, because if you spend time with me, you're, you're, you're going to know how to present uh, in, front of, in front of a group of people, <laughs> you know. Right. So, yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely. that's a great idea, Professor, because you can work on their presentation skills with them and get them to be better students if you have that exactly. kind of information. Exactly. Exactly. Now, how, let, let me ask you this, Professor. How do you run a test? How hard is your, your test? Uh, how, how do you work the basics with the test and, and go all the way through even uh, black belt breaking? Now, this, I'm, and again, I'm not claiming to be unique with this, but I had to use a lot of my personal character and imagination and, and kind of reviewing other masters, you know, for years. And my thing is, uh, I remember reading Sejo Imperato saying, no two people are the same. Now, I can read that and get something from it, and, uh, you know, uh, Rusty, you can read something and get something from it, but everybody gets something different from, you know, someone's experience. When he exactly. wrote, no two people are the same, the next way I had to look at that and say, I can't, I can't test Brad and expect for Jennifer to do the same thing we expect out of Brad, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the main reasons I write the profiles. Okay, so I might have a series of collars. I have various – I have a, a collar, just to give you an example. I have, like, Japanese Okinawan-style collars. Uh, the eye patterns is what I call them. And then I have mm-hmm. Kempo variation collars. Those are my Tito Kai Kempo collars. Then I have mm-hmm. Kimbo variation collars. They can be done either way. You can do them soft or you can do them hard. It depends on, on your character, your personality, right? So I've got mm-hmm. four people testing. One person might just demonstrate the series of eye pattern collars. Why? Because that's what that person really excels at, you know? Mm-hmm. And then right. Kim might do the, the series of Kimbo forms. Kim is not going to look like Brad, and I don't expect for Kim to. I want Kim to do her thing. I want Brad to do his thing because that's fundamental kind of Kimbo in the first place. You know, systems are from five different styles, and, and, you know, you know as well as I, if you look at that kind of Kimbo tree, some of those cats are soft style. Some of them uh, mm-hmm. go towards Kung Fu. Some of them are Kimbo. Right. Some of them are hard karate. Some of them are judo and jiu-jitsu. Now, they, they mm-hmm. practice the whole style, but they're forte. If they're dominant in jiu-jitsu, then that's what they really emphasize strongly. You know, look at the Kaskas, right, who emphasizes yeah. a more kung fu version of rapid fire survival skills that, you know, can, can flow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I look at my students individually. So I might have this, this curriculum, um, Robert. I might have this curriculum, but everybody's not going to look the same. I don't have a class of zombies. They do not look the same. 
they look like them, especially going into like to intermediate or advanced belts. White, yellow, and orange, do the thing the way I taught you because this is fundamental. You know, like when you, those old magazines where it says draw winky? You remember those old magazines? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Draw, draw winky. You know, that's a fundamental. Do it, do it just like we've got it in the magazine so everyone looks alike. Mm-hmm. That's a fundamental. And then they, you send it in and they send you how to go to the art institute and then you start being creative. You know, so mm-hmm. beginner levels is fundamental. You do it the way I'm showing you so that you understand the system, so that you understand right. it's fundamental, you understand it's basic. And then we start looking for you. I want your character. I want your personality. I want you to stand out and look like you. Someone, we had a competition yesterday, as a matter of fact, and someone pointed out that I have a black belt student and a brown belt student, and both doing my, the same kung fu form. We use a Shaolin uh-huh. form called Ian Bushren. You might be familiar with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And, and, and someone pointed out, wow, that's the same kata, but hers looks different than hers, but it's the same kata. Thank you. I said thank you very much because that's a brown and a black belt, and I don't want them to look like twins. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> and they both Amen. did the color well. <laughs> you yeah. know? So that's uh-huh. basically my testing structure is to find out the strength in the individual, to find out the strength in the individual. So I have a curriculum, Sifu Bob, but everyone is not going to look the same. I might take this part and give it to one person, another part, and give it to, to a different person. Does that make sense, Steve? Hmm. Sifu Bob? Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Ab- absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about what about you, George? You know, what was uh, was it like? You know, testing as you were coming up, or with students you tested and stuff. Was there a hard and fast rule to to uh, for students to follow um, to the standard when they're coming up, or was it based on the individual? As long as they knew what the principles and standards. Were? Well, for for us, you know, the the all the forms were pretty much all straightforward, all right. Because uh, Master Kim, he learned, you know, in in the fields in in Korea, you know, I, they they had pictures of him um, doing his school or whatever, and all the students were wearing the same clothes they wore when they were working the fields. Mm-hmm. So they were out. They were out in rice paddies or whatever, doing their forms and stuff like that. You know, that's where that's where he grew up, and that's the way you know he started his whole uh, martial arts career. Mm-hmm. That's right. interesting. I like so, that. I like that. So yeah. when um, when he taught his classes, you know, all the white belts did their forms together, and they and they did each individual move exactly the same from start to finish, and all the yellow belts the same, and all the green belts the same, and so on and so on. Okay, so mm-hmm. when they tested for their forms, if you have the first uh, yellow belt going for green belt, he's up there doing his form, it's going to look the same, exactly the same as the next person going from yellow belt to green belt, and so on and so on. Uh-huh. Because they're, it's drilled into them over and over and over again. Right. All right, and if your hand if your hand placement is a little bit off, you're corrected right off the bat, you know. And we and we we were um, we were uh, training our students to correct each other as well. 
Right. Because you're going to have students who are either they pick it up quicker or they're just more advanced right. or whatever. So okay. if, if let's say you're doing the form and the, the instructor who's teaching the form is on, let's say, the left-hand side of where the students are, Mm-hmm. And and the kid is doing the form, and his right hand is in the wrong placement, but the teacher can't quite see where his right hand is, where the mm-hmm. student's right hand is. Another right. student may pick that up and say, hey, you know, you need to move your hand over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Right. Cool. And that's the, that's the way it was back in the day, where the students kind of helped each other and you know, at least the seniors that knew better and were, they were just passing on what they, you know, to correction. And I remember those days. I kind of miss those days. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, it, and it, it's, part of, it's part of a fundamental curriculum to make sure that uh, your students know how to help lead and teach. Doesn't mean that they yes. necessarily have to be teachers. I mean, I'm going to say, I'm not trying to say that I need you to be a, a teacher, but I need you to understand what I'm teaching you. And sometimes yeah. the best way to understand what I'm teaching you is you to be able to relate to somebody else that helps you understand what I'm teaching you. When you have to explain something, it opens your own mind to understanding what I was trying to teach you. So that discipline, the, the discipline that, the, that uh, is his name, Sensei George, is that who I'm talking to? Yes. What's his name? Yeah. Hey, yeah, and, and you're exactly right. And fundamentally what that discipline is, making sure that the placement and everything is exact. That is a mindset for discipline, to make sure that you understand how important it is to be particular and meticulous to surviving in the world. That's a yes. discipline, to make sure that you know what it takes to survive. You know, so that's, yes. that's, that, that's awesome. But also uh-huh. what Master Kim did with us is that he instilled in the instructors to uh, basically instill in the students. This is from white belt right. all the way up to... Uh-huh. Uh, go ahead and it's a, we'll, we'll sit there and let's say if I'm if I'm teaching a green belt uh, form, uh, mm-hmm. and I've got you know three or four green belt students or whatever, and I know one has picked it up better than others or whatever, I'll sit there and you know dream up a reason to to leave the floor for a second, and right. I have that mm-hmm. one student say. So you go ahead and, and uh, run that through the form real quick. I'll be right back. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll, you know, I'll run to the other room or do something just to get that, that kid a little time up in front of the class. Right. right. That's mm-hmm. important for him. It is. Exactly. That yeah, is. Amen. <laughs> Definitely. Bob, are you still now, there? Granted, I can't sit there and dream up a reason to go to the bathroom 15 times a day, but, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of the uh, the grand escapes is when uh, new people come in to observe the class, and that gives you a reason to say, hey, let me talk to these people for a minute. Take over. Uh-huh. <laughs> Some, someone is coming to observe the class. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I bring them to the office, and I leave leave the students to, to continue what I was doing. So yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> right on. Well, we have about about five minutes um, left to our show, 
So I just kind of want to go around the table here and uh, see if we can get some last comments in regards to um, motivational student stories or uh, rank test methods or, or advice for people who are taking their first tests and stuff like that. So, um, Bob, do you have any uh, last-minute comments for our viewers and listeners and stu- or students of martial arts that might be listening? Yeah, the, the main thing is when you're when you're involved in a test, no matter what kind of mind screw that the instructors take you through, if you mm-hmm. totally screw something up, never quit. That's going to show right. more heart. And you might still pass the test, even if you totally jacked up a section, but as long right. as you don't quit, that'll That's show right. the instructor where your head is. Exactly. Don't quit. Amen. <laughs> and when Amen. somebody, because I saw this happen, and I said it yesterday. I said to one student, I was right in her face. I said, what if Silky Greg comes up to you and says, are you ready to quit? What do you say? She looked me in the eye and she said, no, Silky, I want to continue. And I said, perfect All answer. Right. Because one time, Greg had said to somebody, do you want to quit? And they said, yes. What? Wrong answer. What? <laughs> Wait, and that, what? Yeah, <laughs> and that and that was Tony. That was a that was a yellow belt test and he was having problems, but he he ended up finishing. Because he realized the error of his ways. <laughs> he said he said, Yes, I want to quit. There is a big what on my screen right now. I said, <laughs> What? <laughs> yes. That was what? my my in fact I I saw a post the other day that said my fa- my face can't be responsible for what it does when you talk and I had that look on my face when he said yes I went what no you didn't what? I like that I know I know what you said <laughs> W T F yes all right <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's go to George. What the what last minute uh what last minute word well, yeah, have I, I, I have to agree I have to agree that you know if if you're doing the form, all right, and you know you screwed up on the form or something like that, just continue on with the rest of the form. Right. Okay. Exactly. Don't sit there go oops and then freeze and then because you froze you get, you know, self-conscious or whatever, and then you screw up the entire rest of the form or something like that. Just keep on going through the rest of the form and get back into the swing of things. And the fact that you went on with the rest of the form, knowing that you screwed up, actually mm-hmm. is a plus for your instructor. Yeah. Your instructor right. would say, yeah, he, he, he played he through it, he did well, and, and that actually would give you a plus in the end. Mhm. Definitely. Right. Definitely. Professor Patrick, any last minute comments for our Oh, definitely. Definitely. Just, out just there. To, uh, to to tag on with what the, the two gentlemen are talking about, I absolutely agree 100%. As a uh, use a use a philosophy like my system that says we don't train hard because we're in it to win it. That's not great enough. We train hard mm-hmm. because we're in it to survive. And all of yes, those attributes sir. fall under this important purpose. So mm-hmm. when I ask the question, when you start something, you finish it and make sure that it's done. I ask the question, 
what is the right way to defend yourself? And the answer is the way that works. Mm-hmm. Yep. So whatever it took to make it work, whatever it took to make it home, if you can make it home and say, Mom and Dad, guess what? Then you survived. That's whatever right. Whatever you did, it worked. You made it home. That's right. That's right. Um, I just want to add on to that. I just want to add on to that. All of all of you pretty much said everything that I would have said. Um, at my school mantra is fake it till you make it. Just fake it till you make it. If you forget a form, just convince me. Convince me by making up something and convince me that that's how the form was. If you can make me look at the other board members that know that form and go, I do know that. When it when when you can convince me that I've been doing the form kind of wrong or different, then you did right. You did right. Because right. <laughs> <You did> right. <laughs> I've done that before. It was I forget whose black belt test it was, but I I, I looked at my business partner and I went. That's not how I do pinion stuff. <laughs> you do it, you know. <laughs> and she's like, I, I, you know, I, I put a front kick there, you know. <laughs> and we realized that he messed up, and 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 that he was convincing because no one else knew. The only person that knew right. that messed up was him, and for and we didn't even know for about two seconds because <laughs> I was like, oh, right, right. And a, and a board member would ask for. Let me see trick five. And, and right. you know, they're nervous. And then he, then he does trick six. And he does it awesome, right? And then the uh-huh. board member said, that was great. Now let me see trick five. That's one I asked for. Yeah. <laughs> but trick six looked good. Yeah. <laughs> six well, six see, did look good. He, did, he didn't just stand there and look blind. He did a trick. He did it. <laughs> he did it. He did that trick. Well, right, right. on. We are, we are out of time, but thank you so much gentlemen George and Professor Patrick and and of course Bob my esteemed co-host for uh, joining in on this roundtable discussion and thank you listeners for joining us again we uh, couldn't be doing what we do without you if you have any subjects that you want us to talk about here on the Dynamic Dojo Talk TV show just uh, give me a ring give us a, a message on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page like that page or catch me on my personal profile page and throw some subjects at me, and we'll make sure that those get discussed. And uh, if need be, we'll get experts in this particular field as well. So this is Christina and Robert, and our call-in guest, Professor Patrick McDaniel and George Pennell. We are out. We have a good night, you guys. We're going to be have a good night, here everybody. next week with Master Billy Burke. Billy Burke next week. See y'all next time. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.